Hi, I'm Sammy Shulman. I'm Josh Siegel. And I'm Aaron Kirkpatrick. And welcome back to The Floater, going into week six this week. And you know what that means, right, Josh? Uh, I do. You know what we, You know what they call week six? What do they call week six? The week where winners are turned into bigger winners and losers are turned into bigger losers. That's actually what they call it, Josh, the same way they call uh, certain players frisky. Fun thing I learned last week during the podcast. If you didn't listen to last week's podcast, go listen to it. Bam. Transition. Not uh, a transition. Aaron, how did we do in last week's podcast? As far as picks go, uh, Josh, you actually won the week for once. Josh, oh, you finished 7-6. and six. Sammy was 6-7, and seven and I was 5-8. and eight. Yes, 14 games were played last week because of the Bills, Titans, and the fact that it was a Tuesday. We didn't have time to record that for the pod and make our picks. So uh, when we kind of go over how we did last week, that was excluded. Just putting that out there for our listeners. Sammy, after these weeks, though, you are still in first place with 34, 21, and 5. I'm two wins behind you, 32, 23, and 5. And Josh, well, you don't even have 30 wins yet. Just just putting that out there. Making a but, but because of an accidental added loss by Aaron earlier in the year that has since been revoked, Congratulations, Josh! For the first time, you are one game over five hundred. Yeah, though technically I was at—I guess over. Yeah, I was at five hundred last week. That's awesome. I, I'm happy for Josh. He had a very rough start, and he's very—he was excited that he made up one game this week. Quick reminder: in week two, which is when we started our picks, Josh went five, nine, and two. Yeah, that was the rough week. And then I mean, this <laughs> this week we all did poorly. Because, like, yeah. usually Aaron and I were doing well, but then we all did poorly this week. Yeah. Just to put out some ones where we went wrong, uh, Chiefs minus 12, we all completely whiffed on, as well as Colts minus one and a half. Um, Josh, you snuck a point ahead of us by getting Giants plus nine and a half. That's really where you got yours. You guys both took Miami plus nine and Texans minus six and a half, where I missed off. You guys also took... Carolina plus one and a half. I got you guys when I took Baltimore minus 12 and a half. Uh, me and Josh got that LA Rams minus seven and a half. And then Sammy, you and I got that LA Chargers eight and a half. But overall, kind of a rough week for us and one that I don't think any of us want to repeat going forward. Am I, I right? For Josh, it was an above average week. That's fair. Josh, would you like to repeat a week like this? No, because I'll get it more. This week, I did not have fun with football in general. It was not a happy football week for Josh. Josh just answered the question by saying, I'll get it more. You heard it here first. Does Josh want to repeat the week? I'll get it more. Uh, actual I'll question. Get into it more. <laughs> You'll get into it more. Actual question about football this week. What do you guys think about Tuesday night football? I'm not going to lie. I kind of liked it. I, liked, I mean, I was happy to have it. I just wish there was also football night. Yeah. yeah. Like, it would have been nice um, if it didn't affect the fact that we don't – you know what I mean? Like, it happened to be the team that was scheduled to play the week six Thursday night participating. And also, like, be mindful of the fact that the reason we're having Tuesday night football is the reason this whole season could be shut down. Like, I would have much preferred just a standard week than the Titans not caring about COVID and then having to play on Tuesday night. Like, if we're having games on Thursday, Sunday, Monday, that means things are going ahead as scheduled and they're following protocols. And then we have it on Tuesday night, even though it's fun to have more football, 
it means that there we're having some hiccups. That is fair. Very, very inquisitive, not inquisitive, uh, educational from Josh there. I don't know. I enjoyed it. I do agree that I wish we had some Thursday night football going on tonight, but overall I thought it was pretty fun to be watching football on a Tuesday night. What did you guys think? Since we didn't get to pick lines for that game before we go into this week six's lines, what did you guys think about the game? Obviously, I personally thought Buffalo was going to win. Sammy, I know from talking to you, you felt similar. Josh, how did you feel? Yeah, I thought Buffalo was going to win. Actually, in a different pool I'm doing, I did have the Titans like plus eight and a half, but I just felt like that line was too big. Mm -hmm. Um, The Bills were going to win. Um, but no, Josh Allen had his first bad game of the year. The Titans look really good, especially, I mean, Tannehill's fantastic. Derrick Henry really hasn't kicked it into high gear yet. I mean, he had the incredible stiff arm on Josh Norman, but overall he wasn't that effective as a runner outside of the goal line. Um, but yeah, I like the Titans. We'll get into more later. I am worried about this Bill's defense. Also, um, the return of A.J. Brown. That was yeah, a pleasant sight. A.J. Brown's fantastic. Um, kind of makes shows how bad Hugh Freeze was as a coach and as a recruiter that he had D.K. Metcalf and A.J. Brown on the same team and couldn't do anything. Yeah. But we're not here to talk college, Josh. Come on. Keep it NFL. So, yeah, for the first game of the week, I took Minnesota. They're, four, as I mentioned, they're four-and-a-half-point favorites. I know Dalvin Cook was somewhat injured, but Alexander Madison looks formidable as a running back replacement for however long Cook is injured. On top of that, they put up a great fight against the now 5-0 and Seahawks. We haven't seen anything positive from the Falcons. They're 0-5. They lost to Carolina. They've, they've just been abysmal. And they, to be fair, they also lost to the Seahawks week one. Vikings actually put up a fight against the Seahawks, unlike the Falcons, who scored in garbage time for most of their yards and points. So that's just my where my head's at. Josh, what about you? Yeah, I have the Vikings as well. The Vikings are 1-4, but they're better than the 1-4 team. Um, first off, they've just played really good teams. I mean, the teams they've lost to – have a combined record of 15-2, and which is pretty impressive. Um, And, you know, they lost to both the Titans and the Seahawks by one. And the Vikings really should have won that Seahawks game. Um, And while they certainly deserve all the criticism in the world for throwing that game away, at the same time, when it comes to pulling out weird games, the Falcons are pretty much the opposite of the Seahawks. Um, And... I just think the Vikings are a much better team. I think there is a possibility that there's sort of a rejuvenation with the fired coach in play, but I'm not sure if it's quite the same as the Texans because I think Dan Quinn had much more respect in the locker room than Bill O'Brien did. I think Bill O'Brien getting fired was really a culmination of everything where Dan Quinn was purely results-based. So I'm not sure how much of a quote-unquote locker room rejuvenation factor there will be, and I just think the Vikings are better than the Falcons when it comes down to it. Yeah, I'm also going to... Oh, sorry, Sammy, go ahead. I'm very mad at KP. I'm also going to go with the Vikings. It, it it can't be a game like last week if I'm the Vikings. I'm a Vikings fan. Like I don't want to pull one out against the Falcons. I want to prove what Josh was saying, that they're better than one and four. And so in order to do that, it can't be like a weird, fluky game. 
that the Falcons throw away. And so I think they'll come out really trying to throw the gauntlet down. Alexander Madison, as Aaron said, is more than capable. And, I mean, they just have a good rushing offense more than anything. Not to take away from how special Dalvin Cook is, but I think that Alexander Madison will kind of fit in all right. And it's hard to pick against the Vikings when they're playing an 0-5 team. Yeah, 100%. Like Josh said, and then we'll repeat, I'll repeat it again, they're better than 1-4. I don't think the Falcons are better than 0-5. They maybe should have won that Cowboys game, but they blew the game. And like they always do, you're not expecting them to pull anything crazy out. And they're just a mess to watch. But let's move into our next game. Josh, Ravens, seven-and-a-half-point favorites against the Eagles, who for a large part of, like, the third-ish quarter of their game on Sunday against the Steelers were in the game as far as the spread goes. What do you feel about the Ravens? Um, Yeah, I actually like the Ravens this week. I am concerned about the Ravens a little bit in general just because the offense hasn't looked sharp. Um, I mean, they were bad against the Bengals. Lamar played one of the worst games I've seen from him. I think – Part of it is that he missed practice last week and was a little more hurt than he let on, which is why both he wasn't scrambling at all and they didn't really run any design plays for him um, was the most stationary I'd seen him. At the same time, I'm concerned about the play calling. They're just not running the ball enough. I mean, Lamar shouldn't be throwing the ball 40 times against the Bengals. Like, the way the Ravens beat these teams is by having Lamar throw the ball 25 to 30 times and – he's going to be fantastic and efficient and put up incredible numbers. And we're going to run the ball because they can't stop the run. We have one of the best running games, honestly, the NFL has ever seen. Um, and I'm a little bit concerned about the play calling. And I, I just don't think Lamar looks completely healthy right now. Same time. Our defense is really, really, really good. Um, it, I, I had said to Sammy before the game on Sunday that I was concerned for Joe Burrow's health because the Ravens were going to blitz a lot, and I'm not sure they had anyone to protect him. And that turned out to be the case. Joe Burrow got hurt, hit 15 times, which is an absurd number. The Ravens also set an NFL record by having five different defensive backs get a sack in the game, which is just an absurd number. And they really basically shut out the Bengals if it weren't for a token field goal the Bengals kicked at the very end. Um, and I'm not quite sure how much the Eagles will be able to do against this defense. I mean, as we all know, their offensive line is as banged up as you can be. I don't think the Ravens are going to have much of an issue getting after Wentz. Um, and the Bengals – or the Eagles run game – the Eagles offense is really based around Miles Sanders this year, who's a great runner, but the Ravens have one of the best run defenses in football. I mean, so far, their week one performance against the Browns is looking more and more impressive by the week, the way they were able to really stuff that running game and dominate them. Um, no one has rushed well against them this year, and they're going to get after Carson Wentz. What we've seen so far this year is that when Carson Wentz gets under pressure, he panics and throws the ball up. And the Ravens have a lot of ball hawks at the back end of that secondary who love it when someone throws the ball up. So I'm not quite sure how the Eagles are going to score points this week. Um, I really don't see them getting over, you know, 17, and I think – even if the Ravens' offense hasn't looked great, they're still really good. And what made me feel good about the game last week is that I really don't feel like they played that well and they won the game 27-3. to 
Um, so I think right now just the defense is carrying them and the offense is going to do what it needs to do and they're going to win this game fairly comfortably. Also, Patrick Queen had a bit of, had a great game. Patrick Queen is fantastic. He's proving to be everything they wanted from him and more. I think it was nine tackles, one sack, a forced fumble, two fumble recoveries, a touchdown. His sideline to sideline speed is really elite. Um, and what he really brings to the table is that he can both rush the passer and contain quarterbacks on top of being elite in the run game and in coverage. His sideline to sideline speed really helped keep Joe Burrow from extending plays last week um, because he was just faster than him. Um, And Carson Wentz likes to do some of the things that Joe Burrow does. And I think the Ravens defense is really well equipped to stop it. Yeah. So I also, so that Josh, just making sure you are taking Ravens minus seven and a half. Yeah. So I too also took Ravens my seven and a half for a lot of what you said, but also that fact that we didn't see anything great from them. They gave up four touchdowns to Chase Claypool, who I'm not trying to trash on Chase Claypool, but that was like his best game all season. And we hadn't seen much from him in general. And I think offensively, if the Ravens can get things clicking, they're just better off than the Steelers are, especially with the fact that they have Lamar who if healthy like if his stomach isn't messing with him and his knee is actually playing he'll be able to run all over their defense I personally believe we've seen nothing positive from their offense except for what was this like Fulgham isn't that how you pronounce it or something like Travis that Fulgham. yeah and if, aka Randy Moss Jr. yeah if but if it's only Fulgham from everything we've seen and everything we know about the Ravens defense I feel like they can limit his abilities and then what are they really going to do? Like, they can keep handing it off to Miles Sanders, but if all they can do is get decent yardage from runs, then eventually the defense can just key in on that. I think there's a. I think this is probably going to be like a 10-point game would be my guess. Uh, I feel very confident about the Ravens minus 7.5 here personally. But, Sammy, your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, just I want to bring up the fact that last week, the Steelers and the Eagles, their over-under was set at about 40, and the game went to about 60. And yes, sometimes Vegas is wrong, but I think it's important to kind of talk about how much of an anomaly that game was for both teams. Because when you look at the Eagles and how they scored their points, Miles Sanders had an awful game. He, he had, like, I'm not looking at the stats, but just, like, by remembering and, like, watching highlights and following along, um, especially because, like, I have him in fantasy, as Aaron knows. Um, he had a 70-something yard touchdown run and finished the game with, like, 15 carries, 80 yards. It should I'm also sure be was... pointed out that the touchdown run was a 74-yard touchdown run on third and nine. It's not about when it was. I'm just saying, like, the rest of the game, his yards per carry, I'm pretty sure, were below two. Yeah. Like, the Steelers, the... Not, not to take away from the from the uh, Miles Sanders, but the Steelers do have an amazing run defense, right? Like, like Josh was saying, the one time Miles Sanders got them was in an obvious passing situation. And the rest of the game, uh, the Steelers kind of held him in check. Steelers did the same with Wentz. And then their defense, their secondary for the Steelers is not nearly as good as the Ravens. And so we'll see if the Ravens can take advantage of Carson Wentz and the mistakes that he's been prone to. As far as I, off the top of my head, I believe he's thrown an interception in every game this year. Yeah, um, the league in picks as well. Yeah, and so I wouldn't be surprised if the Ravens get one or two. I also wouldn't be surprised if somehow the Eagles come out and make this a very competitive game because that's what the Eagles do. 
if they can hold the Ravens under 24 points, um, which you just never know. You never know when they're going to show up and know when they're going to be not, not trying, but doing the weird Eagles thing where they're like a good team. But I'd say I feel pretty comfortable with the Ravens here. And so I'm going to pick the Ravens, but I wouldn't be so surprised if it was kind of a gritty game. Yeah, my point with Miles Sanders was even more that that type of play call can be a good one-time thing to catch the defense off guard, but you shouldn't be relying on third and nine draws as the source of your offense. One question I have for this game is the Eagles will have fans for the first time this year, and they've had a lot bottled up over the of anger bottled up over the first five weeks. So what's the over-under for how long into the game the Boo Birds come out? Is it during introductions? Is it if they receive the kickoff and get tackled short of the 25? Is it, no, it, it's the first interception, Josh. Josh. It, they're coming out before that, Aaron. I'm telling you, first and 10, if there's an incompletion, they're going to start coming out. Um, I know we're talking football here, but I'm assuming both of you heard about the pandemics during the baseball season. Of course. Oh, I was just making sure. Josh, you make a face like you don't know what the pandemics were. Not particularly. Oh, oh Gosh, the, uh, the fans with the air horns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That made Phillies games unwatchable. Yeah, Th- that's all it was. I didn't I, know what they were called, but yeah, they were called the pandemic. Well, Aaron and I, I, I would say, are slightly bigger baseball fans. Yeah. than Josh, so that, uh, that's, that's this, not totally surprising. I, I'm excited for the next baseball season. I know we're still in the middle of one, but this season brought me into watching baseball, and I'm excited to be more of a fan going forward. But, and your Marlins had quite the year. Hey, they made the playoffs. They lost their first playoff series. Look at me. I know a baseball fact. Bam. Sorry, yeah, I had to. <laughs> Eagles fans are, are, are ready to unleash their anger from the past five weeks. Yeah. That... Not to mention the Sixers and Phillies had, had some interesting debacles it's... since since Philly fans were last at sports games. Not really, to mention the it's Flyers. It's so disappointing that there aren't fans right now just because – just even if just for you know, Philly fan not seeing Philly fans' reaction to the past I don't know two three months of Philly sports. Wait, what, Josh? I missed what you said. I, I was just saying that you know. I think he was just agreeing with me, like saying he wishes there were fans during all these yeah. disappointments. Just for to see, you know, basically ever since sports started back up, to just see Philly fans. But the Flyers weren't a disappointment. They played better than anticipated. I mean, there got to be a point where they thought they were going to the cup. Yeah, but, like, that was, I don't know. I think from talking to Flyers fans, they were happy with how it went, and it was better. Flyers fans or Flyers fan? Fans, plural. Two? Two. Okay. Listen, at the end of the day, the Sixers got swept in the first round, the Phillies choked away a playoff spot, and the Eagles punted for a tie. That gave them a division lead for one week, Josh. Yeah. Yeah. Josh, come on. Think about that. Okay, we've spent enough time, though, on the mess that is Philly sports. So let's move on. We've got the Chicago Bears playing the Carolina Panthers. Panthers, one-and-a-half-point favorites. Uh, the past two weeks, I want to say, they've uh, beat the line or, yeah, covered the spread. They got the plus one and a half last week beating Atlanta and the plus three beating Arizona the week before. Not to mention they were seven-point underdogs against the Chargers three weeks ago and beat them outright. Yeah. Yeah. So 
Carolina, forced to be reckoned with. Mike Davis, legitimate running back. Uh, it will be interesting to see what happens once Christian McCaffrey gets back. But, Sammy, you're the only one who hasn't started us off yet, so what's your uh, pick here? Um, I'm going to take the Panthers here. Until Christian McCaffrey comes back, I like the Panthers. Not because Christian McCaffrey's bad, but just because I like the way the Panthers are playing without him. I like that they're actually relying on their wide receivers because they have talented wide receivers. Robbie Anderson's a wide receiver one. DJ Moore is a wide receiver two. And Mike Davis is a running back one. Their weapons are fine. They've been using them well. Teddy Bridgewater's been showing up. And their defense is just good enough that they're winning football games. So there you go. Josh, what do you think? Um, So, yeah, I agree. I think the Panthers are good, especially offensively. And their defense has outperformed expectations. I think they're really well coached. And I think they all know what they're doing and they all really fit within that system. Um, And really, I think the X factor has been Robbie Anderson's rejuvenation. I saw this stat that over the first five games – Robbie Anderson has as many yards after the catch on passes one to 10 yards as he did in all of the past two seasons. Um, but he's just more engaged. He's more out there. He's, he's back. Um, and I think the Panthers are good. It's as simple as that. And I think they're going to win this game. And, you know, I still have questions about the Bears. I mean, it was a nice win against Tampa, but the, the Bucks kind of beat themselves. Yeah, it wasn't a very sharp performance. There was some questionable decision-making from Bruce Arians, to put it nicely. Did you see what – sorry to interrupt you, Josh, but did you see what Aaron Jones said about the fourth down thing? You mean Jamal Williams? Oh, it's Jamal Williams? I thought it was Aaron Jones. Let's not get our Packers running backs confused here. Aaron Jones is way too respectful an individual. I thought it was Aaron Jones. That's my bad. But, Josh – so, Sammy, you obviously saw it, but, Josh, you saw it too? I did not see it. What did he say? Uh, he what? said his quarterback – to summarize, he said his quarterback is too smart to not know what down it was. Like, yeah. Basically, he was calling Tom Brady an idiot for trying yeah. to – Basically, he was like, he was talking – like probably somebody probably asked him, so, you know, what, what an honor. You're part of such a great quarterback matchup between, you know, Brady and Rodgers. You grew up watching these guys. So what do you think? Who has the edge this week? And then he probably said, oh, I know. You know what I mean? Like – Jamal yeah. Williams always has stuff like that. He always is a fun interview. Yeah. Um, I, I think that, sto- that narrative was a little overblown just because it was funny. If you actually look at the game, I don't know how much that affected, like, what they were doing. Like, they were running normal play calls that made sense, and it's not like they spiked the ball in a weird situation or something. It was kind of an interesting throw to me, Josh. Like, I also agree it's been overblown, but in terms of the football of it, Throwing it in a tight window to a third-string tight end when you have Evans and Gronkowski was a little surprising to me. It felt almost like he was trying to get a flag, and so I wouldn't be that surprised if he did think it was fourth down and kind of made his decision based on that. Um, I, I think I think something that really lost in the game was it was 17-16, and they had fourth and one from, like, the five, and they have a quarterback who's about 999 for 1,000 for his career on quarterback sneaks and decided to kick it. And yeah, it was one of the worst decisions of the week. Yeah, and of course the Bears came back and kicked the game-winning field goal to win by one. Um, and this is not the time for my rant about how quarterback sneaks are underutilized, but suffice it to say they should have ran a quarterback sneak there. And then Josh, if you if you like quarterback sneaks, I'm sure you'll get one or two from Wentz. Yeah. He's one of the no, best I in know. the business. I know. It, but – um, I mean, in general, I, I've like read a lot of articles about how quarterback sneak is the most underutilized play in football. Um, do you think it has anything to do with the fact that 
it is a pretty highly successful play, but then every once in a while you get like a Patrick Holmes situation and like it's about like a risk versus reward factor. But it's so fluky. Like, do you have any more risk of rolling out your quarterback for like a pick no, play? I, no, I agree it's fluky. I'm just saying like if you're going to run on third and one a five-out set and worst case scenario your quarterback throws it away, there's definitely still less risk of injury. I'm not saying I agree with that. I was just gauging whether or not that's something that you may I mean, I just think out. if you roll out your quarterback, I would be more worried about him getting hit just on a play-to-play basis. Like, Patrick Mahomes is the only injury I can remember coming from a quarterback sneak. Yeah. Um, I agree it's underutilized, but, Sammy, I get your point about the injury. Also, like, just getting piled underneath that pile, you never know if someone, like, awkwardly hits a bone or something like that. Right. There, there's Not just of- for – the quarterback too, right? Like, yeah. I mean, listen, that's a lot of adult men in one pile. At the end of the day, Tom Brady for his career was eighty-four percent on quarterback sneaks, and basically, what's that saying is, you know, they're passing up an opportunity to have Clay Thompson at the line in a clutch late game situation. Like, it's just what you do there. I, I don't understand it. Why it's so underutilized, especially with someone like Brady who's perfected it. But I digress. Um, you do digress, and I make my pick of Carolina minus one and a half. The Bears, we haven't seen anything crazy from them. Nick Foles played fine. He got Allen Robinson involved. David Montgomery still not doing anything of what we really th- – he, like, got a touchdown, but aside from that, he hasn't been anything crazy. Carolina, uh, Sammy, I think you were talking about it. The wide receivers are actually getting involved. Mike Davis is being a really solid running back. The defense is good enough to win games, especially against this Chicago offense. I think plain and simple there, that's all you really have to say about it, to be honest. Yeah, let's not forget, like, holding the Falcons to 16, pretty impressive. Not a bad performance from that defense. And I don't think there were too many turnovers either. I feel like it was just actually really some defensive stands. Their rush defense seems a little suspect. I feel like Gurley had almost eight yards of carry last week. But other than that, um, we'll see what happens. So maybe this will be a week where David Montgomery can maybe break out. But even if he does, I just feel like the Panthers are a little bit better than the Bears. And so I'm fine picking them here. Yeah, for me, it's just I don't think David Montgomery is that good. Like, he's had a couple weeks. But at the end of the day, really, since last year, we've been waiting for him to break out. And I think we're at the point where he's just not a very good running back. We, we are getting to that point. And it, it's sad because it seems like he has a lot of talent. But – Maybe he just needs to go somewhere that he fits better scheme-wise. Who knows? I'm going to move on to a team that does have a very talented young running back. Two talented running backs. Let's just go with that. We have the matchup between Cincinnati versus Indianapolis. Indianapolis, eight-point favorites. Cincinnati lost by 24 last week. Indy in a shocking loss to the Browns. I'm not exactly sure exact how much they lost by, but... Either way, it was a bit of a shocker, personally. But needless to say, Colts are eight-and-a-half-point favorites, which uh, is obviously much less than Baltimore was last week. Baltimore, 12-and-a-half last week against the Bengals. Colts, eight points against the Bengals. I still took Colts minus eight here. I think they are better than how they played this past week against the Browns. I don't think that the Bengals are that much to be nervous of especially if they get Darius Leonard back defensively. 
the offense was still able to score. What was the final score of that? Now I need to look up the final score. Well, they, they, I think it was they scored in the low twenties, but they had a kickoff return for a touchdown. Yeah, Their it was thirty-two twenty-three, and they had an offensive touchdown. Oh, that is not how I remember the game. But again, uh, I either way, I'm still going to stick with my pick of the fact that I believe they're going to be able to beat the Bengals by eight this week. Um, I think their defense just kind of provides them that personally. And I don't, I still haven't seen a lot from the Bengals offensively. Like they've had good games, but it's been inconsistent. But uh, Sammy, you? Yeah. Um, I, this I actually feel like is a very good line. I had some trouble picking which way I wanted to go with this one. Um, I ended up deciding to go with the Bengals for a few reasons. I think, first of all, I expect the Colts to win the game, but I expect them to do it on the ground. Phillip Rivers was awful last week. Phillip Rivers has been awful all year. Phillip Rivers has been awful for two years. Phillip Rivers is bad. And so when you have a bad quarterback on a team that has a good defense, I just see it hard for them to win by a lot of points unless their defense scores a touchdown maybe. And, yes, that could happen. But Joe Burrow coming off a game that he's going to try to forget – We'll look to bounce back. I think he'll have a hard time uh, getting Mixon involved in the run game. But look for Mixon in the passing game. He did some things against the Ravens in the passing last week. He's starting to be almost a three-down back. And now I'm going to say that he has the opportunity to do some, you know, serious damage in the passing game. And so you combine that with, obviously, T. Higgins and, you know, all the fun weapons that Joe Burrow has to play with. And I think that there's definitely back to recovery potential here. And so I'm going to go with the Bengals. Yeah, I agree with Sammy. I'm going to stick with Joey Cuppers here. Um, I just – the Colts' offense is not that good. Um, I mean, in their wins this year, they won – they beat the Vikings 28-11. to 11. Then they beat the Jets 36-7 to 7 with two defensive touchdowns. Then they beat the Bears 19-11. to 11. And Then we saw what happened last week. What they want from Phil Rivers is to not throw interceptions. And when he does that, they're going to lose. Um, and I, I just not sure how they get over a certain number. And I think it's hard to take them in a blowout when you just don't have faith in them to score that many points. Um, I think, you know, the Bengals are going to be better than they were last week. Um, and I, I, I agree with Sammy. I think Colts win the Bengals cover, which has been the Joe Burrow story this year, with the exception of last week. And two weeks ago, he didn't lose. Yeah, well, but he's covered every game. Except for last week. Yeah. Josh, can you come up with a rhyming name for uh, Joe Burrow's coverability? I mean, people call him Joey Covers. But that doesn't rhyme. Yeah, but I like the nickname. But Josh, it doesn't rhyme. You want to come up with a rhyming nickname? No, no, you're the nickname guy. I'm the nickname guy? I have deemed you the nickname guy. Sammy? Joe Burrow, bet against him at your own risk. That does rhyme, to be fair. Josh, that's all you have to do next time. Okay. Pick up your game. Again, uh, I mess around. I digress. We move into Cleveland versus Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh, three-point favorites uh, at home, I'm pretty sure. This is also a 1 o'clock game. We've got a few more 1 o'clock games. Actually, like five more 1 o'clock games. I can't count. Either way, I take Pittsburgh minus three here. I know we saw a pretty strong performance 
from the Browns this past week, but I still feel confident in Pittsburgh. They got a nine-point win over Philly. Their defense looking strong. If they can keep Chase Claypool as well as Juju Smith-Schuster involved in the offense, I think a three-point spread is going to be easy enough for them to cover. If not, I think it will just be a push because I think they're winning this game. I don't have a lot of doubt about that personally. But uh, I, don't know, I don't have much to say about it. I just I feel strong about them. I feel like Cleveland has been an on-and-off team this season, and it's just for those simple reasons I take Pittsburgh minus three here. But I, I'd like to hear what you have to say, Josh. This is some AFC North talk. What's uh, what's your thought process? Yeah, so I don't know if you can say the Browns are up and down because they're four and one. Um, I think they're really good. I think the Steelers are also good. Um, I think the matchup to look for is just in the trenches. The Browns' offense this year has been the number one offense in adjusted line yards, which just means how much of their running game is by their offensive line. The Steelers' defense has been number one in defensive adjusted line yards, which means how many yards their defensive line takes away. Um, so running back neutral stat. So that's really matchup to look for here. Um, the secret about the Steelers this year has been that their scheme has been absolutely brilliant because Big Ben's arm is shot. He, he can't throw down the ball, the ball down the field anymore. I mean, people are talking about Drew Brees, but really Big Ben is the one who just can't throw it downfield. So far this year, he's 32nd in average completed air yards and has the worst off-target rate on yards 20 or um, passes 20 or more yards down the field in the whole league. But they've been supplementing that with just the number of receivers they have and quick reads and quick passes to get the guys open and let the guys work in the open field. Um, I've schemed them really well. I don't love James Conner, but their offensive line is really good um, and gets them enough rush yards. I think another X factor to look at is Miles Garrett because the Steelers love to get the ball out quick and they're going to have to do it before he gets to him. Um, I think Miles Garrett right now would have to be the front runner for defensive human of the year, just because I'm not sure Aaron Donald is the same species as us. Um, but if we're limiting it to humans, I would probably say Miles Garrett right now. Um, I forget who it is. I th- I want to say this came from Football Outsiders. Um, it's either Football Outsiders or Next Gen Stats. Has a stat called turnovers created, which basically looks at turnovers that happen in part and because of a player. So it's not just forced fumbles or interceptions. It could be a pressure that for forced a quarterback into a fast throw. It it could be a deflection. It could be a play where you where your pressure forced the quarterback to step up into pressure where he got hit and fumbled it. Um, And so far through five games, Miles Garrett has eight forced turnovers, which is an absurd number. There was even a play last weekend where he got triple teamed. Um, So I think at the end of the day, this game is going to come down to the trenches and it's going to come down to whether Baker Mayfield or Ben Roethlisberger can make more plays. And I trust Ben Roethlisberger more, but I think this is going to be a good game. The line kind of worries me. I think the Browns could easily win this game, but I'm going to go with the Steelers just because they're the more established pick at this point, and I know more what I'm getting from them. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Steelers. Um, let's see the Browns beat a good team, like a really good team, and then let's bet on them to beat them because the Steelers should be better than the Browns, right? Like if you had to say before the year, you'd say that. If you had to say right now, you'd say that. 
Would you be that surprised if the Browns win the game? Probably not. But for now, I think it's just the safer bet to bet on the Steelers. Um, like, when it comes down to it, I still trust Big Ben more than Baker Mayfield. And I trust that offensive line to uh, at least keep him somewhat protected from the wrath of Miles Garrett. And, yeah, I think there's just enough there for me to say pretty confidently yeah, that I the think, Steelers should put themselves at least in a position to win the game. So I think what's sort of off-putting about this Browns team is that it's sort of different than when you see these teams that have these rejuvenation years after a long time, right? Like we're used to seeing, oh, God, look at RG3 in the zone read or look at Cam Newton and all this new cool stuff he's doing in Carolina or, oh, wow, Bill's Mafia, this is really fun. With the Browns, what it is is just that they're being a competent football team. And I think it shows how bad they were with Freddie Kitchens. But if you look at the game last weekend, it's not like they did anything new. And it's like, oh, boy, look at the new exciting Browns. They won a game where they ran the ball. They took advantage of mistakes by the other team's quarterback. And they only committed two penalties. Like, I've seen the Browns lose so many of those games over the years just for being incompetent. And it's just a little off-putting to see that the reason they're winning is just that they're not the one making mistakes and they're the one making smart, disciplined football. And I, and I think that's a credit to Kevin Stefanski and what they've done this year because they certainly have talent. And I think it shows just how bad of a job Freddie Kitchens did, this, did last year. Um, but I like the Browns a lot this year, but I think it'll be interesting to see how this game goes. Um, I, like I said, I'm picking the Steelers, but I would not be surprised at all if the Browns win. Uh, I'm going to disagree with that part. I think the Steelers are still going to win this game. I think that Tomlin's going to outcoach – I always butcher his name. Stefanski or Stefanski? How do you pronounce it? Stefanski. Stefanski. I know you just said Josh, but I still was going to butcher it. I'm not sure. I just – I like the Steelers better. Uh, like, I think, Sammy, you said it, that wait till we see them beat a good team and let then we can actually talk about betting on them. I don't think this is the week they beat a good team. I think the Steelers still win this one. Uh, the line, as we've all said, concerns us. But at the end of the day, I still feel like the Steelers will also win this game. Moving into the next game, though. The only thing I would say is, have we seen the Steelers beat a good team? So far, they beat the Giants by 10, the Broncos by 5, the Texans by 7, and the Eagles by 9. Like, I, I'm not sure. Like, I agree that I'm picking the Steelers just because I know they're more of a known quantity, but I'm not sure that you can say, oh, like, the Browns haven't beaten anyone that the Steelers have. I don't think we're saying that the Steelers have. I think we're just saying that they're more capable of doing it. Right, right. I agree, which is why I'm picking the Steelers. But I think these teams are more closer than you guys are giving them credit for. That's all I'm saying. I wouldn't be that surprised. If the, I'm, I'm in the middle between you two guys. Yeah, yeah I, I, I think Sammy's giving them more credit than I am. I think you're giving the Browns the most, and I don't think I'm giving the Browns much at all is kind of where we're at. But uh, we move on to the next game. We've got the Broncos versus the Patriots. Uh, Broncos, nine and a, uh, not Broncos, Patriots, nine and a half point favorites. Uh, who knows uh, if Cam will be playing this week. Uh, if Drew Locke, there's a chance he comes back this week as well. It's going to be an interesting game. Broncos haven't played since week did – they, did they even play week four? Or has yeah, it been, they played okay. the Jets. They it's going to be Jets. their first game in two and a half weeks. Yeah. So do they come out rusty because they haven't played in a while, or do they come out rested and guns a-blazing? 
I take rested and guns blazing, and I'm going Broncos plus nine and a half here. Uh, I wanted to make a pick that will set me apart from you guys. I'm kind of banking on the fact that Cam Newton still doesn't play this week, and it's the Brian Hoyer show, which was an absolute mess from what we saw. And that that really is what I'm banking on, that Drew Locke comes back, the two and a half weeks rest for everyone on Denver, gets them right, gets them ready to go, and Melvin Gordon has another productive week. Uh, and, and just so we're clear, Camden is playing. Yeah. Like, it's not in question. Yeah, he came off the COVID reserve list and joined the team today. I didn't do enough research. Well, no, that's – okay. Yeah. Even if Kennedy okay. wasn't playing, I still think the Patriots here is the right pick. Yeah, that's kind of what I was getting at. But you know what? Like, you never know in that NFL, so, like, it is what it is. But I, I feel It's just such a possible. big line that I feel like a backdoor cover is yeah, very maybe. possible. I, just don't, I don't think there will be a backdoor. I just don't think the backdoor will even be there. Like, the Patriots yeah. are going to build a house against the Broncos with one entrance, and it's not in the bag. Yeah. Nope, no so with that in mind, I'm going to take the Patriots. Yeah, I mean the Patriots. Here's the thing: they they were it was bad against the Chiefs, but the game was closer than the score looked. I mean it was 26-10, um, but it was a close game down the stretch until things fell apart. Their defense played pretty well, and I think the Broncos aren't really as rested as you talk about because it's not like they had a bye last week because they spent the whole week at the facility game planning and practicing. So really what it was is that they didn't play a game on Sunday, but they were they still been working for two and a half weeks. So I think that's more, that's more of a possibility for Rust because they haven't really rested, but they also haven't played football in a while. Um, and I, I just think the Patriots are significantly better than the Broncos. And at the end of the day, you will never find me taking Vic Fangio over Bill Belichick with any line. Yeah, and Sammy, I'm assuming you went, or you kind of said it. Do you have more to it that you took Patriots minus nine and a half here? No, it's, I thought it was one of the easier lines of the week. I, yeah. I needed one to set myself apart, and I did not do my research about Camden. So that one's probably going to go awry for me, but we move on. We've got Detroit three and a half point favorites away at Jacksonville. Uh, Jacksonville, I thought would get that six and a half this past week against Texans. That did not go well. Um, and I've learned my lesson and I will not be betting on the Jaguars. I'm going Denver minus three and a half here. Uh, I just think they're a better team. Neither team is necessarily very good. I just think, I trust Matt Stafford, uh, Kenny Galladay, Marvin Jones, that whole idea more than I trust DJ Chark, Gardner Minshew, and LaVisca Chenault Jr. Uh, Defensively, I think they're basically equivalent. We haven't seen good defense really from either of them, especially uh, from Jacksonville. I, I don't think they deserve to be within three and a half points of Detroit. I think it's just the fact that Detroit also is pretty garbage defensively and it comes down to that. And I just think Matt, I think it will be a bit of a shootout, but I think Matt Stafford uh, is just a better quarterback than Gardner Minshew and can will his team to get a four point lead. Uh, And I don't think Gardner Minshew can get his team within four points. It comes down to that plain and simple for me. 
Um, yeah, I have the Lions here as well. Um, the Jaguars aren't very good, and the Lions' defense isn't good, but the Lions' offense, and especially since they got Galladay back, is pretty good. I think they can score some points, um, and I think they'll put up a good number of points this week against the Jaguars. Um, and, yeah, I have the Lions. I don't have that much more to say. Yeah, I also have the Lions. I actually don't think it's going to be that big of a shootout. I think it's going to be more of, like, maybe the Lions score a lot, but I just I don't think both teams are going to end up scoring a lot. I, I see it being more like a 24-17 to 17 win for the Lions kind of deal than, like, a 35-21 to 21 kind of deal. But either way, I think the Lions deserve to be favored by more. I was a little surprised by this line. They actually are coming in rested and ready to go, and I mean – they, if they want to keep pace in the NFC, they, they need to start winning games like that they are favoring. And so here's an example of the game they have to go and get. And I think I think they should, could, and will. Um, no, yeah, I, I, I agree. I don't think it's going to be a shootout. I just think the Lions can score more points than the Jaguars, and I think the Lions. You think if they score more points than the Jaguars, they'll win? Well, yes, that's why I picked them. Hmm. Um, I think they can get to 30, and I don't think the Jaguars can. I think it's more of like a 31-20 type situation. Um, but, yeah, so we're all in agreement there. Yeah. Uh, I think this is an airline that I believe we'll all be in agreement on, but maybe I'm wrong. We've got Houston versus Tennessee. Tennessee, three-and-a-half-point favorites. We saw them, uh, I wouldn't say demolish or obliterate, but take care of the Bills, who have been a pretty good team this season, very handedly. We the Texans had a good game for once, but they're still not a very good team in my opinion. I, I don't know. I don't have like fancy words or stats to back it up. Just kind of eye test. Titans are looking good. Tannehill's looking good. AJ Brown's looking good. Henry's looking good. Texans are looking Texans. Simple as that for me. I, I know that's like not exactly what you want to like exactly based on stats or anything, as I mentioned, but I just don't see the Texans putting up much of a fight this week. Yeah. I have the Titans as well. I would even say that I don't think the Texans game that week was that impressive. I think it was more the Jaguars self-destructing because the Jaguars, I don't know the number, but they just self-destructed a lot in the red zone. Like, there were at least two or three times in that game where I would turn to red zone during a commercial in the Ravens game, and the Jaguars would have it at, like, the 17 or the 24 or something like that. And I would switch back to the Ravens game. And then I would go back, you know, two commercials later, and it would go back to Texans-Jaguars, and the Jaguars would still have 14 points. Um, So they they had that weird pitch play to James Robinson, the halfback pass that did not work at all. Like, I'm not sure how much the Texans did and how much the Jaguars just aren't very good. Um, and the Titans are good, and they beat a good team. Um, so, yeah, I think this is a pretty easy Titans pick here. Yeah, I'll pick the Titans. I wouldn't be that surprised, though, if the Texans do win. I mean, for the Titans, like, they didn't play football for, what, two, two and a half weeks? And then they play Tuesday, and then they turn around and play Sunday. Like, five days is, you know, I guess kind of like Sunday and Thursday, even a little more. But I think it's going to be hard for them. And it's hard always, even though everything that's happened this year, to bet against Deshaun Watson. But I'm going to. And it's because I think that this might be the Derrick Henry game. 
like Aaron, you said he was good, but I, he's been kind of struggling in my opinion. Like, I just think we haven't seen exactly the dominant performances we thought we would. And I just feel like he usually is great against the Texans, and I feel like it will continue this week. And I like the Titans. Yeah. No, Derrick Henry has not been good this year. He's last in the league in rushing yards over expectation. Um, I mean, he was 19 for 57, I believe, last um, against the Bills. It's really been Ryan Tannehill who's gotten to them to this point. And I think he's not at Rodgers or Wilson level, but he's a dark horse MVP candidate and should be in the discussion at this point. He's been incredible. I don't know if he deserves to be uh, MVP candidate level, but I haven't watched enough of him. I'll, I'll keep an eye out this week as far as I mean, that goes. I, I don't know. I just This year, me. through four games, he's at a 69% completion percentage, 1,000 yards, nine touchdowns, um, one pick, plus, plus a rushing touchdown, some good contributions on the yard. He has a QBR of 84.1, a passer rating of 110.8. Like, those are MVP contention numbers. You're also talking to Josh, the guy who started Ryan Tannehill in fantasy down the stretch last year. He loves Ryan Tannehill. Well, I hate Ryan. Well, actually, Josh, you love Ryan Tannehill. You're picking him because you saw how good he was in the playoffs last year and you realized. He's I mean, amazing. he was bad in the playoffs. You would ra- you realize you would rather him or Derrick Henry over Lamar in the playoffs as quarterback. Um, I, I told Sammy last night, it's kind of incredible how traumatized I am by that game. I don't let him forget it either. Like, I try and, to bring it up at least two or three times a day. Well, it, it's exposure also, therapy, Sammy. It's the only way he's going to get past it's it. It's just because I know eventually the Ravens are going to win the Super Bowl. So until then, we have to do this. Well, really, Sammy, what you should do is you should buy a TV to leave right outside his room and just always have that game on loop. But also, now because of the COVID thing, I just hate the Titans. It's like they could be responsible for ruining two straight years of football for me. (laughs) Okay, Josh. Uh, They aren't the only team that's tested positive, Josh. Yeah, but they were holding secret workouts and then defended it. And we're like, Roger Saffold said, we don't care if we're breaking protocol. And it's like... The Titans refuse to stop fighting. It's admirable. Josh, you're going to have to remember the Titans. Different Titans, Aaron. No, no. Still the Titans. No. <laughs> They're not going to let any team get a yard. If fun they fact. Cancel the season. Fun fact. My tactical urbanism professor went to the high school that Remember the Titans is about. Really? That's a fun fact. Yeah. That is a very fun fact. You know what else is a fun fact? What? The Giants are two and a half point favorites over the Washington football team this week. And Sammy, what do you have to say about that? Well, okay. I just can't believe that this game needs to be played in a year where there's a pandemic. Like, what's the point of having a game like this? This game's so irrelevant. Like, I get the NFC East is in play, but, like, nobody actually thinks the Washington football team or Giants is going to win the NFC East, right? Like, we all know it's a two-man division between Andy Dalton and Carson Wentz, and we all appreciate that. That's an amazing quarterback rivalry. But for now, we're between Kyle Allen and Daniel Jones, and so I'm going to pick the Washington football team because I do every week, because why not? But other than that, I, I don't have much to say. I think I do think it should be more of a pick em line. I don't see why the Giants deserve to be favored by any margin. Um, like I understand they put up points against the worst defense in the NFL, 
and I understand that they held the Rams, you know, kind of in check. But the Washington football team's defensive line will get to Daniel Jones. They'll make his life difficult. Chase Young, you know, versus Andrew Thomas or whoever was drafted instead of Chase Young when they decided to win a random football game last year. Uh, so Chase Young gets his first licks at the Giants. Um, it's our second division game of the year. We obviously showed up for our first one. We'll see how this one goes. Uh, yeah, that's all I have to say. Yeah, I agree with Sammy. I have zero thoughts on this game. I will certainly not be turning to this game at all, and we'll hope that during commercials, Red Zone does not go to the game. My only thoughts in this game is that the New York professional football giants of 2020 are favored in a game in which the other team will be paid to play football, and I think that is a very stupid thing. So I will take that other team. So, Josh, you took the Washington football team? Yes. Okay, I also took the Washington football team. Uh, I agree it should be a pick The fact that it's two and a half, I just feel like taking an underdog here. I think the Giants are a joke of an organization. So is the Washington football team this season. Daniel Jones probably sacked at least five times this week, if I had to guess. Devontae Freeman not going anywhere. It, it's going to be a painful game to watch. And Josh, as much as you hate to hear it, it will be put on red zone if they ever get in the red zone. That's how NFL red zone works. I hate to tell you that. But we're moving um, on. Well, actually, Sammy, is it Kyle Allen or Alex Smith this weekend? Kyle Allen. Undoubtedly. Okay. Because he's healthy, they said he was the surefire starter. Because I was going to say, it would, the only thing that would make it worse is the fact that the one part of the Giants that's kind of competent is their pass rush. And just... Watching Alex Smith play gives me anxiety. Josh, I thought you said you weren't going to watch the game. Yeah, I'm not going to watch it. But then why you, you wouldn't have to see him play? Yeah, this is starting to feel a little suspect. Josh, now Jones. it seems like you're going to be watching this I game said instead that was of the Ravens. Right, so you heard it here first. Josh is watching the Washington football team instead of the Ravens this weekend. I said that was the only thing that could make it worse under the hypothetical of me watching it. Sammy, this is the trap game for the Ravens. <laughs> Yeah, are you kidding me? He's not, he doesn't want to watch them. The birds versus birds. The Ravens are historically bad against bird teams. They are. The Titans are one of the scariest birds teams they ever faced. I will say this. The last time we played in Philadelphia, we lost to the Eagles because the refs called a penalty on the play. Okay, so next line we have is the... No, but it's always Aaron. You can't interrupt anybody talking about replacement refs. It, I still understand. We scored a touchdown to put the game away. And they called offensive interference on Jacoby Jones, even though they never threw a flag. You don't always have to throw a flag, Josh. That is very true, Josh. You also, don't. Ed Reed had a moment against the Eagles that you could have chosen to focus on, but you chose not to, and you missed an opportunity to talk about Ed Reed. So now we're I was moving talking on. about the last time you were there, but it's like they didn't even give him All right, moving on, moving on. Moving on, Josh. <laughs> We've got the New York Jets. Uh, this is the first 4 o'clock game against the Miami Dolphins, who put a beating on San Francisco. Dolphins are nine-and-a-half-point favorites. I'm going to take that. Uh, I just don't think the Jets are good. If the Dolphins can semi-replicate what they did uh, to San Francisco last week, it should be a fairly easy win for them. And New York also just released Le'Veon Bell. It's a shit show they have going on there, and it's simple as that as to why I'm taking uh, Miami minus nine-and-a-half. Yeah, like, well, there's I, not much more to it. I have a beef with the NFL. Um, we have a pretty good slate of games this week, and yet they decided to give us nine one o'clock games 
and two four o'clock games, one of which is the Adam Gase Bowl, um, which are just terrifying words to say. Um, I mean, really, I might just not even watch Red Zone. I might just watch Packers Bucks during the four o'clock slot. Um, but yeah, I, I don't understand the scheduling of that. I don't think it's COVID related because, correct me if I'm wrong, the only game that got moved this week was Chiefs Pats, which was a one o'clock game, and then Bills, not Chiefs Pats, um, Patriots Broncos, which they could have moved into four o'clock because that was going to be four o'clock last week and would have been more interesting. That's and Chiefs. Hey Josh, you mind uh, repeating that for us? We kind of lost you. Where did you lose me? Uh, about why they didn't schedule it. Wait, can I interject, Aaron? Yeah. Can I just interject though? Go ahead. This was with COVID. I don't. I don't know if you didn't see the shots. This is absolutely a COVID-affected game. Originally, the Jets were supposed to be in Los Angeles this weekend. That's why it's at four. Now they're now they're playing in Miami. Well, but then what was the other four o'clock? But even so, if the Jets were going to be in Los Angeles, that's still not a four o'clock game I want to see. Either way, two. No, but I'm saying you said I don't think it's. You said I don't think it's affected by COVID, and I'm correcting you. Also, Josh, why are you giving this matchup so much attention? You're giving this matchup more attention than you gave the Washington football team. Just because I'm mad at the NFL. Like, even if the other game was going to be that, either way, that's two 4 o'clock games and nine 1 o'clock games. If you want to email them, Josh, their email is customerservice at NFL.com. You can talk to them. It's .net. (laughs) It's .net, Sammy, for their email? Yeah. Oh, my bad. Josh, you can email them at customerservice.net. But my main thought is give us more 4 o'clock games. Okay. But you're taking the Dolphins, Josh? Yeah. Sammy? KP, guess what? You're going to take the Dolphins, the greatest football team. They'll take the ball from goal to goal like no one's ever seen. They're in the air. They're on the ground. They're always in the control. When you're talking Dolphins, you're talking Super Bowl? I'm taking the J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. Damn. That's right. The Dolphins show up against good teams. They do not against bad teams. We've seen it time and time again. I know how Fitzmagic works. I have it down to a science. The last time they played a bad team, they won, which means this time they're going to lose. Or even if they don't lose, there's no way they're winning by nine points. I'm telling you right now, this is where I'm going to make up a ground or I guess extend my lead this week. I absolutely have no doubt in my mind that Sam Darnold and the Jets will easily cover this spread. Okay. <laughs> Enough talking about a, a reveling uh, – irrelevant game and let's move on to one of the more interesting games this week we've got the green bay packers hosted by the tampa bay buccaneers green bay one point favorites uh we've seen great things from them we've seen confusing things from the buccaneers and josh you're complaining about four o'clock games and you're talking about the one you're going to watch so why don't you tell us what you have picked for this one yeah i have the packers here um i actually did enjoy one thing that happened with the Buccaneers on Thursday, which is the Buccaneers center is someone named Ryan Jensen, who used to play for the Ravens and was one of the most undisciplined, undisciplined players I've ever seen. He was so frustrating. 
And I was excited to see Brady have to learn to play with Ryan Jensen. And we saw Ryan Jensen get an after-the-play 15-yard penalty and Brady blow up on the sidelines right afterwards, which is very entertaining for me. And it's just a microcosm about how undisciplined the Bucks are and how undisciplined Bruce Arians' teams have always been and how Brady is just not used to that after 20 years of Belichick. Um, and the Packers are well-coached and disciplined and better. So I'm going to take the Packers. Sammy, I mean, you've got a bit of a uh, – I'm taking the Packers minus one here. Uh, I think it goes down – A, also, Josh, you're right about they're more disciplined. We could see a great game – another great game from Rodgers. But, Sammy, as far as Rodgers' great games, you got a bit of a foot in the game with Robert Tanyan. You would love to see him have a great game to his tight end. How do you feel about this game, both fancy-wise and line-wise? I mean, line-wise, I'm a little bit confused by the line – I, like, would you guys have picked the Packers if they were favored by six? Because I know I would have. Um, yeah, I, definitely. Like, it's just – it's not that I don't think the Buccaneers are good, but I think the Packers and the Seahawks are a tier above anybody else in the NFC. I think this is a nice opportunity for the Packers to be able to show that. They showed it once on the road this year on Sunday Night Football in New Orleans, and I think that they'll do it again. Godwin, if he does play, is banged up. Evans is always just perpetually banged up. The Brady thing, I mean, let's see what, you know, Khalil Mack is better than anybody on the Packers, but when you combine Zary Smith and Preston Smith, let's see how Brady handles that. I just think the rush will get to him. And Brady this year has been as fragile as anyone when it comes to how the rush has affected his throws. Uh, we mentioned how Wentz has been holding the ball too long and making some bad mistakes. Similar idea with Brady. I think this is a good matchup for the Packers. They're rested. Devontae Adams is back. They really rested Devontae Adams an extra week when they didn't need to because the bye week was coming up. So now there's no reason why he shouldn't be 100% ready to go. I know that he's a full participant in practice. Um, as far as Robert Tanyan goes, I mean, it's just a good example of how even if Devontae Adams didn't play any given Sunday, any given receiver on the Packers could score three or four you know, times and you wouldn't bat an eye. And that's the beauty of Aaron Rodgers. And so I'm absolutely not picking against him. I wouldn't have picked against him if the line was four, six, maybe even nine. And I like the Packers here. Yeah, I don't think it's a question about the Packers here. They're pretty obvious favorites for this game. Uh, we saw kind of on your point about any receiver, Devontae Adams, before he became Devontae Adams, was the backup to like Jordy Nelson type idea. And he just kind of stepped about nowhere. We've seen Marquez Valdez-Scantling step up. Alan Lazard was having a couple good weeks before he got injured. It's just, it's the Rodgers way, uh, and I just see them having a great game. Next up, though, we have the 49ers who pulled a Super Bowl, I guess, player. Uh, I don't know how what wording I was going for. They pulled Jimmy. What, Josh? It was because of the ankle. He wasn't 100%. But yeah. See, I don't think they pulled him because of the ankle. I think it, well, it was. partially it was, but I also think it was just he was playing so badly you don't want to let your quarterback just see himself play worse and worse as the game goes on. I think it was also partially just like a mental thing for him. But anyways, Rams, 49ers, Rams three-point favorites. Rams are who I'm taking. Rams have looked good. They had the bad game against the Giants. They played pretty well against the Washington football team. 
San Francisco played really bad against the Dolphins. I just see the Rams winning this one by about a touchdown, so minus three gives them that edge. Uh, Raheem Mostert should be fully back as far as health goes, so we'll see what effect that has. We'll see what Aaron Donald does. He's not a human. He's a different species, and we'll see what he does to the San Francisco offensive line this upcoming week. Sammy, what about you? I like the Rams, KP. I Like, another one where if the Rams were favored by eight and a half, who would you pick in this game? I don't know if I would take eight and a half, but – I would. Uh, what would – like, seriously, if it was eight and a half, you think you would have taken the 49ers? I think there's a world where I might have taken the 49ers. I feel like – but that's just because – actually, wait, no. No, eight and a half. Yeah. Unless George Kittle has a crazy game and Raheem Mostert has a crazy game, eight and a half, now that I think about it, I'd be pretty confident about. Uh, one quick side note, if you don't mind me interjecting before you go, Sammy. Something we've seen about the San Francisco 49ers defense – Without their prominent defensive linemen, like D-tackles and defensive ends, they just haven't been the same defense, and it's shown against the Dolphins this past week. And I think it will show again this week against the Rams. So I actually would agree with this minus eight and a half that you've hypothetically laid out. Like, if I'm an odds maker, that's where I put the line. I don't understand how you bet against the Rams right now. I don't understand how you bet for the 49ers right now. It's all confusing to me. I'm going to pick the Rams. One thing I will say about the Rams is we've talked a lot about, oh, have the Steelers played any good? Oh, blah, 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 blah. The Rams have four wins this year, Aaron. You know who those wins were against? All four, all four NFC East teams. Hey, they did be the team that is winning a division for a week. No, but, like, so they haven't played anyone. And I'm more picking – first of all, I do think the Rams can beat legitimate teams – they should have beaten the Bills, if not for some fluky play, like kind of penalties, weird Josh Allen stuff. And they've looked good in the games that they beat these good these uh, bad teams by, which is what you need. Other than the Giants game, they've looked good being these bad teams. And when they beat the Cowboys, the Cowboys were apparently supposed to be really good at the time or something like that. And so we'll see what happens. The difference is I just don't think the 49ers are good, right? And so I'm easily picking the Rams here. I just want to throw out there that their comp it's not like the Rams have been beating up on great teams. Yeah. So I will say, as I said against the Bills, they were a bad penalty call away from beating them. Um, but um, uh, overall, um, I agree that uh, the 49ers just aren't good. Um, it sometimes happens where you just – you know, have the year where everyone gets hurt. I saw it happen with the Ravens in 2015, happened with the Cowboys in 2015, it happened with the Steelers last year, where you just have the year where you're supposed to be competitive and injuries destroy your team, and you're not a very good team. And it's happening with the 49ers this year. And this doesn't mean they won't be back next year. I think they have the roster to be back, and I think they're a good team. But, you know, they don't have those players right now. You know, Nick Bosa's hurt. Garoppolo's not 100%. The receiving core has been beat up. They seem to be trotting out different running backs every week. Even Mostert was out for a little bit. Kittle was banged up for a while. I mean, no one's healthy. And that's okay. It happens. But they're not very good. And they shouldn't be treated like they're good. And this line is way too low. And the Rams are going to beat them. 
And jo- Josh, would you, Sammy and Josh, would you consider this a hammer line? Like if you had to lock one in, hammer one down? Um, I, mean, I, I would say my lock. Have you ever heard of a hammer line? Yeah, know. you hammer something. I mean, I don't know. I don't. I want to have a different lock in this than in a different pool I'm doing just because there's a line there that we'll get to that doesn't make sense at all that I've already talked with Sammy about. Well, we've um, got two more lines, so why don't you wait till we get that other lock? Yeah. And I'm going to – I actually don't know what it is, so let's just move into the next one. We've got one of our two Monday night games, 5 o'clock on Monday, Kansas City hosted by Buffalo – Kansas City, four-point favorites. Josh, is this the line you're talking about? Yeah, so, I, so I'm so i doing just a thing that tens of thousands of people doing. It's a contest with the ringer um, where with FanDuel, where just each week you pick five games against the spread. Your points are counted up at the end of the year, top 100, stay alive for the playoffs and get to play for money. Um, and in that league you get to double down on one pick each week out of your five picks and in that it had the Chiefs plus three and a half against the Bills which is just a shocking line to me I obviously wait sorry Josh I I hate to interrupt but plus three and a half for the Chiefs yes which means that even if you were to take this line that we have which is a pretty sensible line and you were to tease it with something else you would still be short of that line. You would still be a point and a half short. A teaser in this would get you to Chiefs plus two, just your average teaser. Um, but, yeah, so I'm taking the Chiefs here. And week to week, bet against Mahomes at your own peril. Um, but, yeah, that's all I'm going to say. Yeah, I know they lost last week, but still, three and a- the Buffalo yeah. defense looked abysmal this past week. Like, Tannehill was yeah. slicing and dicing them. Jonu Smith was getting completely engaged in the offense. I don't know how you can give that. That's, they're, they're saying that the Chiefs are a worse team than the Bills. Yeah. Because it's yeah. points is home field this year. Yeah. Sammy, I'm, so, I'm going to assume you're going Kansas City minus four here, right? Why are you assuming that? Because you'd be crazy to take Bills plus four. Well, what if I feel like taking Bills plus four? Fine, Sammy. Tell me what you took. I'm sorry for I think assuming. The Bills are do- okay, I will tell you what I think. I think that the Bills are way better than what they showed against the Titans. I think they have a nice opportunity to actually come back and play another primetime game. I actually think part of the reason why they didn't look good against the Titans is because they were looking ahead to the Chiefs. I think they're going to be ready to play. I think that since the Ravens game, Mahomes' struggles, and I call them struggles, which is a cute word considering his stats, but – we're learning let's not blitz Mahomes. Let's drop back in coverage and see what happens. And sometimes we'll run around for an hour and make a play, but sometimes we'll also throw an interception or sometimes nobody will get open. And when Tredavious White is healthy next week and you have him shattering Tyreek Hill, I mean, not that Josh Norman is good at all, but he's competent enough to guard a Sammy Watkins or Demarcus Robinson type. I think the Bills offense should have a heyday against the Chiefs defense. I still think the Chiefs will probably win. And I think they'll easily cover, so I'm going to go with the Chiefs. Good to hear that. I was expecting something along those lines. But let's close out this week's pod and move into our final matchup. We have Arizona as one-and-a-half-point favorites against 
The Dallas Cowboys now led by Andy Dalton after the gruesome injury to Dak Prescott. Obviously wishing him the best. I saw earlier today he posted a video, his like first, I guess, news or media response since his injury. Uh, praying for a quick and speedy recovery for him. But looking towards the Cowboys without him, how do you feel, Josh? So I like the Cowboys this week. Um, I think in the long term, I think there's no Ewing theory potential here just because Dak Prescott's much, much better than Andy Dalton. I think in the short term, there could kind of be a win-one for Dak type thing where, like, they came off an extremely emotional moment last week. I think you can see this week with their reactions just how much respect Dak has in the locker room and how much they love him. Um, And I think they're going to come out really inspired on Monday night. It's on Monday night football. They actually have fans at their home games. I think it sort of has the makings of like, you know, inspired feel good performance from the Cowboys where they just come out locked in. Um, So I'm going to take the Cowboys this week. Interesting. Uh, I was not personally expecting that. I took Arizona. Um, I just think they're going to beat up on this Cowboys defense that we've seen giving up a lot of points to some of the not-as-talented offenses. Not that I think Arizona has the craziest defense. I just think one-and-a-half is something they can cover. Uh, Simple as that. I don't have too many thoughts about it. Sammy, what about yourself? Yeah, I don't. Uh, yeah, Josh just likes the Cowboys. There's no other way to put it. There's no reason to pick them here. Josh uh, is a Cowboys fan, confirmed. I don't think he's a Cowboys fan, but he's certainly a Cowboys supporter. And it, I, I just don't see how you can pick Kyler Murray versus Andy Dalton. That's what it comes down to for me. And I mean, it, and then like the defenses are both bad, but the Cowboys maybe have the worst defense I've ever seen. We're talking about a Giants team that has scored nine multiple times this year that scored even without the defensive touchdown in the high twenties against this giant, against this uh, Cowboys team. Like, I, I don't know. I just see the Cardinals scoring easily in the thirties. I don't think that Dak, I mean, I don't think Andy Dalton can keep up with what Dak was doing offensively. It seems like Michael Gallup and him have some sort of connection or something. But other than that, there was nothing there. I really liked. They're going to have to give the ball to Zeke more, but this isn't 2016. And the Cowboys' offensive line is not what it was. Not only is it worse just healthy, but with Tyron Smith and Lyle Collins dealing with injuries, it's going to be a tough go of it for the Cowboys. I still picked them to win NFC East because of how bad it is, but I don't see them winning that many games outside of the division, especially also, against teams that have been competent. I, I agree. And the defense is why I picked the Giants last week. Um, but uh, I think just – it's as simple as they're going to come out really, really inspired and play maybe, you know, the most inspired football game they'll play all year. That's all I'm saying. I think Dr. Can I just suggest one possibility is that their comeback last week was for Dak? That was what it – like – I disagree because when that happens, you're hit with like a two-by-four emotionally – and it's just hard to play a football game after that. At the end of the day, yeah, I'm going to quickly being... compare it to Alex Smith going down a few years ago. It's a home game. Alex Smith goes down. The Redskins are down 20 to 10. Cole McCoy comes in, leads the first comeback all year. The Redskins had never had, had never had a lead in a game where they ever trailed. They end up barely losing the game because of a bad call. But anyways, then they come out the next week in a game that they're 
not supposed to win, but in a, what's supposed to be a competitive game, and they absolutely shit the bed. That's what I see happening this week. They had their for that moment. It was Mark a nice comeback. Is also not Congratulations to each other after the game and said, that one's for you, Dak. Zeke was, you know, really emotional after the game. Of course, they all were. Now we're back to reality, and the reality of the situation is that Andy Dalton is the starting quarterback of America's team. I mean, I think the difference is just that after that game, no matter what happens, it's not like an inspired performance because they're still, at the end of the day, they're, the mood in the locker room is upset. It's not an inspired, we came together for this type of thing. It's, we just lost our quarterback. Eight days out, it's, boy, we really were just locked in and came together. Like I said, this is a purely emotional pick, but we'll see what happens. That is true indeed. We will see what happens. Can I throw out one thing, Aaron? Yeah, sure. Go ahead. Once again, I'm not calling Josh a Cowboys fan, but the only times you'll ever hear Josh say he's making an emotional pick is the Ravens or the Cowboys. This is not an emotional pick that I like the Cowboys. Love the Cowboys. It's emotional (laughs) based on the Cowboys' emotions. The only reason I'm annoyed about it is because I genuinely feel like he likes the Cowboys despite me. He might do that the same I mean, way you I, and I, I are I, I do like Dak. I really like Dak. Josh, you know what? Just to spite you, I'm now becoming a Titans fan. I'm going to wear Derek and Henry. And I'm going to be a Steelers fan. Okay. How about that, Josh? Yoni's going to be a Patriots fan. We'll make him. He already is, Sammy. I hate to tell you. KP, you're so good at continuing jokes. You're welcome. Uh, yeah, definitely something. Uh, well, that's been this week. Uh, we've got some interesting... Things to keep an eye out on as far as the lines go, a.k.a. Josh, how will his sympathizing with the Cowboys go? Will his Ravens finally kick it into gear? There's a lot to talk about, and we'll be talking about it next week, about what actually has happened. Uh, Reminding you guys, check out FloaterPod on Instagram and Twitter, as well as FloaterPod.com. Sammy, the usual wrap-up, if you don't mind. Bring us home. Yeah, um, the usual wrap-up. I'm going to quickly include... Let's just hope, and, you know, if you're into praying, pray that we get a full slate of games this week and that we continue, you know, in NFL season with minimal hurdles and whatnot, as Josh was talking about earlier. Other than that, uh, on behalf of Aaron Kirkpatrick, Josh Siegel, and myself, I'm Sammy Schulman reminding you to stay loyal.